premillennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired, preserved Word of God, the King James Bible as our final authority, this is the Sword of the Spirit Podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Rusiello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. Well, hey folks, this is Joe Ruciello, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God, your King James Bible. And you know, folks, as always, wherever you are, whenever you are, and on whatever platform it is you find yourself listening to us on, it's always my prayer that you also find yourself in the grace and in the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Well, folks, can you believe another week has gone by since our last Sermon Sunday broadcast? And last Sermon Sunday, we talked about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, It was a beautiful, beautiful Sunday afternoon. And once again, we have another beautiful Sunday afternoon, Lord's Day, here in Eagle Pass, Texas. And we are broadcasting to you live from the Asylum Studios. I just want to say uh, thank you, folks, for being here with us today for our Sermon Sunday broadcast. You know, there's a lot of talk in today's day and age about people's self-image. And all kinds of programs have been orchestrated, and there's uh, psychobabble by the busloads, all trying to help people improve their self-image. Now, in truth, your self-image is only going to rise as high as you are. And so in in a lot of ways, I guess you could say, you know, your self-image is greatly damaged. Now, today, we're going to talk about our real self-image and where and in whom it should lie. But before we get into the message for today, I'm going to ask you to do just two things for me. First of all, would you please visit our website, thesotspodcast.com, and when you get there, head over to our contact section, and why don't you send us over a message? Let us know whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, any questions, comments, cares, or concerns that you might have. And also, folks, please don't forget to send over your prayer requests. If you don't like to use the web form, that's fine. You could always email me directly at info at thesotspodcast.com. That's info at thesotspodcast.com. Also, while you're on the website, would you please look for the Support This Podcast button? And when you find it, would you consider supporting us with a small monthly contribution? You can set that up for $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month. And uh, you could also, if you can't do a monthly recurring contribution, uh, you could also do a one-time contribution, and you would do that by clicking on the Waygiver button, or you could scan the Cash App QR code, which is also on the website. But folks, no matter how you go about it, I want you to pray about it first. And if the Lord leads you to do it, if these podcasts and these live broadcasts have been a blessing to you in any way, if you'd like to become an active part of the ministry, your contribution will go a very long way, and I would be extremely thankful for it. 
Now, for, folks, first and foremost, as always, I always want to say thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ, first of all, for saving me. 23 years ago, the Lord Jesus Christ saved me from an eternity in a burning, flaming hell, eternally separated from the love of God, from the presence of God, and from the person of God. But he saved me. He orchestrated events around my life to draw me into hearing the gospel message clearly for the very first time. I accepted that gift, and I was saved. And you can be too. Especially today, folks, you need to get saved. We are fast coming into the end of the church age. It is right around the corner, folks. Institutions are being lined up. Situations are being lined up. Everything is starting to point to the end of this church age. And the end of this church age is when the church is raptured out. And once the church is raptured out, the age of grace is over. You go into the tribulation period, and it's not just getting saved by grace through faith. You're going to have to have faith and works in order to get saved and to keep your salvation. You're going to have to endure to the end or be martyred. Now is a day of salvation, folks. This is the easiest it's ever going to get to get saved. All you need to do is put your faith, trust, and confidence in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. All you need to do is accept the free gift. It's a free gift of salvation. Why don't you just tell him? Just tell the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, I am a sinner. I am on my way to hell. But I put my full faith, trust, and confidence in the shed blood on the cross of Calvary. I pray and I ask that you would wash me, that you would cleanse me, that you would forgive me of my sin, and that you would save me. That's all you need to do, folks. Believe in your heart. Sincerely believe in your heart that the work that the Lord Jesus Christ accomplished on the cross of Calvary was sufficient to save you. That there is no works that you can do of your own. There's no righteousness that you have of yourself that can get you into heaven. It's a free gift. Your church membership won't save you. Your baptism won't save you. Sacraments won't save you. Praying to Mary, praying to the Pope, praying to the saints, none of that's going to save you. Going on pilgrimages is not going to save you. Buddha is not going to save you. Muhammad's not going to save you. Only the Lord Jesus Christ has the power to save you. Why don't you put your faith, trust, and confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ today, right now? I also want to say thank you to the Lord for allowing me this opportunity, for giving me this ministry, and allowing me to do this on a weekly basis to sit down and open up the Word of God and, 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 and spend this time with you around, around the fellowship of the cross. It's a beautiful, it's a wonderful experience. It's a wonderful gift, and I am extremely thankful for that gift. I also want to say thank you to all of you who support us prayerfully. Thank you so, much, so very much for your prayers. God bless you for them. Please keep praying for us. Please keep praying for us. Pray for this ministry. Pray for my family. Pray for myself. 
uh, I really do covet your prayers, and I thank you so very much for them. I also want to say thank you to all of you who already support us financially. God bless you for your financial support. Thank you so much for helping us and uh, by giving us uh, the uh, financial means to be able to pay for everything that we have to pay for. And uh, it, I, like I've told you many times before, I don't pocket a penny out of anything that comes in. Whatever comes in goes right back out to cover expenses and to buy materials to, that, we, that we mail out to folks when they request it. So, again, thank you so very much for it. Uh, and also, I want to say thank you to all of our listeners, everyone who tunes in faithfully to everything that we put out. The downloads have been amazing. The plays have been amazing. Thank you so very much for all that you do. Please continue to uh, share the uh, show with your friends, your family, your followers on social media. Uh, help us spread the gospel out. It is, I say, I say it every day, it is so, so important right now to get the gospel message out. So please get it out. Uh, you know, share us on, on Spotify, share us on Apple Podcasts, share us on Good Pods, uh, any platform that you're on, please share the show with as many people as you possibly can. But folks, wherever you're listening, please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. If uh, the, the uh, platform you're on has the ability to give us a five-star review, please consider doing that. Leave us a review. I do look forward to getting those reviews. I, I do read them when they come in. And uh, I am very thankful for all the good reviews. I'm thankful for the criticisms. And I, I really do appreciate all of your input. Now, how about we get to some announcements? folks, uh, just want to remind you that uh, we are fast approaching our one-year anniversary at the Sword of the Spirit podcast, and that'll be next Wednesday. Uh, we don't have a show on Wednesday, so we'll, uh, we'll talk more about it on Thursday's uh, Bible study. And uh, really excited about that. Like I, I've told you many times already, I never thought in a million years that uh, we would be here a year later with uh, going on 85 episodes. I never expected us to pass 10 because uh, every other time I've tried to do the podcast, it never went beyond 10 episodes. And that's just a testament to the Lord Jesus Christ because this is his time, not my, not my time. The other times were my own time, trying to do things on my own uh, without the Lord backing it up. But now that he's backing it up, you can see the fruit of it, and it's a blessing. And we are so excited that we're coming up on a full year on the 19th of April. So I want to remind you also that our Thursday night Bible study is at 7 p.m. and uh, Central Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And we will be getting into the book of Revelation chapter 9 next uh, Thursday, Lord willing. And uh, we are really moving through the book and it's, it's a real blessing and I hope it's been a blessing to you as well. So don't forget to let your friends, your family, your followers know uh, about this Bible study that we're doing Thursday night, 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, folks, if you are in the Eagle Pass area and you are looking for a good King James Bible-believing and Bible-teaching church, 
why don't you consider paying us a visit at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? The church meets at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour starts at 10 a.m. Our worship service begins at 11 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. And our Wednesday night Bible study meets at 7 p.m. For more information, all you need to do is visit the church's Facebook page. Just log into Facebook, search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass, and once you get there, you're going to find a lot of really helpful information and also episodes of this podcast. And we just want to say thank you to the folks at First Baptist Church for allowing us the opportunity to post the show on the church's Facebook page. And also thank you to Pastor John Monk, my pastor, my friend, uh, for all of his encouragement, for all of his prayers, and also for uh, allowing us to post the show on the church's Facebook page. Now, folks, if you are interested in prepping, I'd like to introduce you to the Contra Radio Network. The Contra Radio Network is a single podcast housing nearly a dozen talented podcast and vidcast hosts and artists from around the country who release content daily. The Contra Radio Network releases 15 to 20 shows a week, depending on current events. There are no issues that are off limits to any of these patriots. You want a breakdown of current events? Got it. You want to know more about preparedness and self-sufficiency? We got it. You want a guy driving around ranting like a lunatic? Hey, we got that too. You want to hear about politics, Bible studies, sports, camping, firearms, and more? The Contra Radio Network is your place to be, and it has it all covered in spades. You can find the Contra Radio Network on all of your major podcasting platforms, and you could also find them at www.crn.best. That's www.crn.best. I also want to mention a good friend of mine, Chase Tobin. Uh, Chase has a uh, fantastic, fantastic podcast that, uh, that drops every Friday uh, called the Three Pillars Podcast, and it focuses on personal growth using the, utilizing the three pillars of fitness, spiritual, mental, and physical. Uh, be sure to check them out. You can find them on Good Pods. You can find them on, on all of your major podcasting platforms, and uh, I will be putting links in the show notes at the completion of uh, the show today. So don't forget to check them out, Three Pillars Podcast. You can find them on YouTube, uh, Good Pods, and other podcasting platforms. Really good stuff, and it's a real blessing uh, to get to know Chase over the last couple of weeks, and uh, really just a a great guy, good family guy, and uh, someone you should really be uh, checking out. All right, folks, don't forget to sign up for the programming announcements subscription on our website. Just head over to thesotspodcast.com. Look for the programming announcement subscription box on the homepage of the website and uh, throw your email in there and get on the mailing list. All we're doing with that is just sending out a notification uh, if in the event there's any change to our programming schedule, if we have any guests coming up or uh, if we have to cancel anything for whatever reason, uh, that's the only way we'll be able to let you know. And uh, it's important that uh, you uh, stay in the know. So head over to the website, sign up for the programming announcements. We don't sell your information. It all stays with me. And uh, we're not going to spam you and send you a bunch of stuff you don't want to really read about or care about. 
All right. Uh, also on the website, don't forget to uh, head over to the Sword Swag section. And when you get over there, you're going to find these really nice Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mugs. Uh, really, really nice. And I forgot to pour myself my beverage into my coffee mug here. And let me do that right now so I can do the slurp for you. All right. Here we go. Mm. Just drinking water today. I feel a little dehydrated, so we're going to stick with the basics. All right. Now, you can get this really nice uh, coffee mug for a $25 contribution. And you can also get one of these really neat uh, Sword of the Spirit podcast T-shirts that I'm wearing right now. And uh, you can get one of those shirts for a $35 contribution. Uh, all you need to do is hit the little info button that's on the page there and send us over your mailing address uh, and what exactly it is you want to uh, make your contribution for. And then we'll send you the link and we'll get that out to you as quickly as we very possibly can. All right, folks. Well, we are at the uh, first part, the first break of our afternoon. Don't forget to to uh, like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers, and uh, help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast, and we'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening!
Amen, and welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Ruciello, and uh, so we've gotten through all the announcements. Now we're going to come into our prayer request section. And uh, as always, we always pray for the folks on our prayer list that are in need of salvation. Uh, That's the most important decision anyone's ever going to make in their entire life. And it's important in that regard because it has eternal consequences. You don't have to make any decision whatsoever for the Lord Jesus Christ. You could totally ignore everything I say. You could totally ignore the gospel message. And when your time comes and you die, you will wake up in hell. Plain and simple. There is no purgatory. There is nothing in between. If you die without Jesus Christ, you close your eyes here, you open them in hell. Conversely, if you respond to the gospel message, you accept the gift of Jesus Christ, you accept the free gift of salvation that he purchased for you. When you close your eyes here, you open them in heaven immediately. And I think that's a far, far better uh, prospect than uh, opening up your eyes in hell. You know, hell is not the place where, you know, people think, I'm going to go hang out with my buddies. It's not what hell is. Hell is eternal torment. Hell is eternal flame. Don't go to hell. You have the ability to change that. You have the ability to get to heaven by putting your full faith, trust, and confidence in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what we're praying for, for the folks on our prayer list that are in need of salvation. So today, we're praying for my mom, Diane. We're praying for my sister, Laura. We're praying for David up in New York. We're praying for all of the unsaved members of the Baldino family. We're praying for Jackie. We're praying for Manuel's mother. We're praying for Sharon. And we're also praying for Adam's father. Heavenly Father, we just uh, come before the throne of grace today, and Father, we just ask you in your mercy and in your great love, would you please, Father, touch each one that's on our list for salvation today. Father, we ask you to draw them to yourself. Father, we ask you to reach down from heaven and pull them out of the flames of hell. We ask you, Father, to... Uh, direct someone across their path that can give them the gospel message and then they would respond to it. And Lord, if any of them are listening to the show today, Lord, I pray that you would use today's episode to, to reach them, Lord. Father, salvation is so important and we want them to be saved. So Father, we pray that you would just work that great miracle and that you would work it today, and we will thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Uh, going down our uh, prayer list here, we're going to be praying for Pastor Martin. Uh, Pastor Martin, uh, 89 years old. Uh, He has uh, a number of health concerns that we've been praying for, including eczema, including a heart condition, including poor vision. Uh, And uh, we want to pray that that the Lord would touch uh, Pastor Martin and uh, bring some healing and bring some comfort in these later years of his life. We're also uh, continuing to pray for Hezekiah, who uh, had his surgery on Friday, 
and uh, we're praying that the Lord will continue to, uh, to, to uh, bring healing and that uh, they would get good results from the biopsy and uh, that it wouldn't be anything cancerous and that uh, they'd be able to uh, proceed with, uh, with, with fixing the area that they had to remove the, uh, the, um, the little growth from. And uh, we're going to pray that uh, the Lord would heal him. We're also praying for Mary Perez, who has been fighting cancer. Uh, we're praying for my mom, Diane, who is uh, back in ICU at, in the hospital in New York. Uh, she's having some, some issues with her oxygen. So I'm going to pray for my mom. We're also praying for my sister, Laura, with a disc problem in her back. We're praying for Bernice. We're praying uh, Bernice has cancer, and she's been going through some new treatments, and we're praying that the Lord will use those and, uh, and, and bring healing, and also that uh, the Lord would uh, increase her appetite so she could take in enough nourishment to keep herself strong. We're also praying for Bernice's mom, Laura, uh, who's also fighting cancer. Uh, we're praying for Janae, who has a heart condition, Sharon Baldino with cancer, Martin Mata with lymphoma, Daniel Villarreal with leukemia. We're praying for Rebecca recovering from surgery. We're praying for uh, Becky with cancer. Uh, we're praying for Adam's father with uh, some knee pain. Uh, we're praying for Aldo uh, for, the, uh, for the healing of an infection that he's been, he's been dealing with. And uh, he is back to work, and he says he's feeling better, but there still needs to be some healing taking place, so we're going to continue to pray for that. And we're also uh, lifting up Daniel Saucedo, uh, who is uh, back home from the hospital with his family resting. On our general prayer list, we're praying for my brother-in-law, Jude, for his business uh, as a contractor up in New York. We're praying for our brother, Federico Salinas. We're praying for uh, Angel and her pregnancy. We're praying for uh, her husband, Alex, uh, for his job situation. We're praying for uh, Isabella for her walk with the Lord and Jessica for her walk with the Lord. And we're also praying for Alex Herrera for his walk with the Lord, uh, a hedge of protection to be about him, and also to bring him comfort in the morning for his, his father. We're also praying for those that have unspoken prayer requests. Uh, we're praying for Eduardo Rodriguez. We're praying for Larissa. We're praying for Hector, Manuel, Angela, and we're also praying for myself, our Heavenly Father. We just lift up all of those that are on our prayer list today. We lift up those that are on our sick list. Father, we just uh, ask you, Lord, just to bring healing. We ask you to touch each and every one. Lord, we ask uh, that uh, you would just, um, just, just, Lord, just minister to each one. Father God, just please, Lord, just for those battling cancer. Father God, we pray and we just lift them up to you. We ask you to bring healing to their bodies. Lord, we ask you to keep their spirits up. Lord, we ask you to uh, give them that measure of grace that they need as they uh, deal with the effects of treatments and the discomfort of the disease itself. Father, we pray that you would increase uh, the appetite of, uh, of Sister Bernice and, Lord, that she'd be able to take in enough nourishment. Lord, we pray for my mom. Uh, Lord, that... Uh, you would help the doctors uh, to get her breathing and her, her oxygen uh, intake uh, under control. That way she'd be able to come home. Father, we pray for my sister with her back pain. Lord, we pray for, uh, uh, um, we pray for uh, Daniel Villarreal, leukemia. Lord, we pray for Becky with cancer. Lord, we pray for Bernice's mom and Sharon. Uh, we pray for Janae and her heart condition, Martin for lymphoma. 
Lord, we pray for each and every one. Lord, we pray for Hezekiah. Lord, we lift him up to you. We ask you to touch him, this young man. Lord, we pray that you would bring healing. And Lord, we pray that the uh, biopsy would come back clear of any kind of cancer. Father, we pray for Mary Perez with cancer. Lord, we just lift up each one on this prayer list today, and we ask you just to... uh, to minister to them and to bring healing. Father, we also pray for those on our general prayer list. We pray for Jude. We pray for his business, Lord. We pray that you would bring him success. Lord, we pray for Federico Salinas, a good brother in Christ, and uh, the decisions he's making uh, in his life and, and his, uh, his, his future. We pray for him and his family, Lord. We pray that you would give him uh, the wisdom that he needs to properly lead his family. And, Lord, we pray that you would just put a hedge of protection around him. Lord, we pray for Angel and her pregnancy, Alex, her husband, for work. Uh, Lord, we pray for Alex Herrera, that you would bring comfort to him in the loss of his father. And, uh, Lord, that you would help him to rejoice in the fact that his father was saved. His father is in glory right now with the Lord. And uh, he's in a far, far better place uh, than, than we could ever possibly imagine. Lord, we pray for Isabella and Jessica for their walks with the Lord. Lord, we pray that you would just protect them. Lord, hedge them about, and Lord, uh, just, just keep them close to you as they go about in the world. Lord, for the unspoken prayers of our hearts, Father God, we lift up Eduardo Rodriguez, Lord. We lift up Larissa. Father, we lift up Hector and Manuel. We lift up Angela and, and for myself as well, Father God. Lord, you know exactly what those needs are. You know exactly where the concerns are. And Father, we just pray that you would answer each one of these prayer requests according to your perfect will for us and for our lives. And Lord, that you would receive all of the honor and the glory that is due you for it. And we'll thank you for it and we'll bless you for it. Lord, also we want to pray for the message today. Lord, we pray that you would uh, just have it to fall on receptive hearts and minds and open ears Lord, we pray that there's anybody listening today that is struggling with their, with their salvation that uh, might not be saved. Lord, we pray that you would just uh, minister to them here today. Lord, that you would use this message to draw them into yourself and bring comfort in their salvation. And Lord, bring salvation to those that are in need of it. Father, I pray that you would just give me the words to speak as we uh, go into the message this morning. And Lord, we commit this all to you and we will thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, so if you have any prayer requests whatsoever, please feel free to email them to us. Head over to our website, thesotspodcast.com. Head over to the website, head over to the contact uh, page on the website, fill out the contact form, send it on over to us, let us know whatever's on your heart, your mind, any prayer requests that you have. Also, uh, you could also email them to me directly at info at thesotspodcast.com. And also, if you have an active and open Spreaker account and you are listening on the Spreaker app, you can always jump on into the chat room and you can drop any prayer requests or questions that you might have in there. And uh, you should head over. Come on in and say hi. Water's fine. All right, uh, so we don't have any uh, listener questions today, no birthdays to announce. So what we're going to do here is going to take our second break of the afternoon, and that'll give you a chance to go get your King James Bible, grab yourself a cup of coffee, and when we come back, we'll be getting into today's message on our real self-image. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers Help us to spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll be back right after this.
the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you food to support you and comfort to cheer you it is the traveler's map the pilgrim's staff the pilot's compass the soldier's sword and the Christian's character Christ is its subject our good its design and the glory of God its end it should fill the memory rule the heart and guide the feet read it slowly frequently and prayerfully it is given to you in life will be open in the judgment and be remembered forever it involves the highest responsibility rewards the greatest labor and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts the King James Bible God's holy book And welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Russiello. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. Help us to spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you are logged into Spreaker, why don't you jump on into the chat room and say hello? Let us know you're out there. 
Uh, don't forget to check out the Three Pillars podcast. Uh, my good friend Chase Tobin's uh, uh, podcast there. Sorry, I got a little stuck on the word. <laughs> it's going to be, folks, it's going to be one of those days. Let me tell you what happened. So um, uh, I'm sure you all heard of writer's block, right? Well, uh, this past week I came down with something I call preacher's block. I could not figure out where the Lord was leading me on uh, the, the Sermon Sunday uh, topic that we're going to cover. So uh, I, I struggled putting this thing together, and uh, I finished putting it together somewhere around 6 o'clock this morning. So if I seem a little low energy today, I am. I'm sorry. I'm tired. <laughs> it's just one of those... Uh, me one of those days, and uh, I'm going to tell you, a preacher's block is no fun, no fun whatsoever. All right, though, but we have a message for you, and uh, we're going to be talking about this in just a minute here. So this would be episode number 86, believe it or not, episode number 86. And um, as you know, I was thinking about what exactly it is that um, I wanted to talk to you about today. And uh, I had been praying about it, and the Lord gave me a few different ideas, uh, and I just couldn't get them all together. But uh, then I started thinking about, you know, today's day and age, and how so many people uh, talk about, you know, their self-image. You know, know, my my self-image, you know, self-esteem, and all that stuff. And there are all kinds of programs that have been orchestrated and and uh, constructed and, you know, put together and, and all that stuff and, you know, psychobabble by the busload to try to improve uh, people's self-image. Now, in truth, your self-image is only going to rise as high as you are, unless, of course, you're a total narcissist or an egomaniac, you know, but uh, most people are realistic enough to make a realistic assessment of themselves. And, uh you know, honestly, folks, we all fall short of the mark that we'd like to achieve, don't we? And 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 we, we do. And so I, I guess you could say that your self-image, you know, if you really want to put any stock in it or any value to it, is greatly damaged. Now, I'm here to help you this afternoon. And believe it or not, I'm not from the government, okay? So why don't you take your Bible and let's head over to Ephesians chapter 4 to start off with Ephesians chapter 4. And, you know, you've heard people talk and, you know, you know, so-and-so, you know, their problem is they have a crummy self-image of themselves and, you know, blah, 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 and yada, 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 and all that stuff. And, you know, we're trying to lift them up. We're trying to bolster them up, you know, and so on and so forth. Now, uh, you know, the launching pad for this, and I'm going to try to show you what my job is here. So the launching pad for this is here in Ephesians chapter number 4. Ephesians chapter number 4. And verse 11, and he gave some apostles, I'm not one of those, and some prophets, and I'm not one of those, and some evangelists. Well, you know, Paul told Timothy to do the work of an evangelist, so maybe I I fit in there partially. And some pastors and teachers, and that's where I fit in. All right, so what's my job? For the, edify, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. All right, so my job is to help you get better, right? That's pretty clear, isn't it? That's my job. 
to help you get better, to help you do better, to be better. All right. So what I want to try to help you with today is understand that you could have the best self-image in the world when you realize that your self-image as a believer, as a Christian, isn't really wrapped up in you at all. It's wrapped up in Jesus Christ. So you have a Christ image. Now, can you find any fault in him? You know, Pilate couldn't. Pilate said, I find no fault in this man. Now, if you can, if you can find any fault in him, and, and again, Pilate couldn't find any fault in him, then maybe that's a pretty good self-image. And so the Bible has a lot to say about bolstering the self-image. And I'm using that in a, in, a, in a great big parenthesis, all right? And I think you understand the context. When you understand that, it's really wrapped up in Christ. All right, so let's begin in the book of John, chapter 1. The Gospel of John, chapter 1. Now, we're going to look at a lot of Scripture today. All right, so if you miss anything, if you're taking notes, you know, make sure you write them down. And uh, it's a lot of Scripture going to come in at you today. All right, now, in um, John chapter 1 and verse number 11, he came into his own, and his own received him not, speaking of Christ and the Jews. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now, according to that Bible, as a true believer in Jesus Christ, you've been born again. You are now a child of God. Now, the world operates under a horrible misconception. And the axiom that's thrown out there is, well, isn't everybody a child of God? Well, the fact of the matter is, according to your Bible, the answer is no, they're not. Jesus had the unmitigated gall to say to the Pharisees, ye are of your father, the devil. Can you imagine? I mean, it's no wonder that they hated him. You know, if you run up to the mall and you start to, to tell everybody that they were a child of the devil, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't win any popularity contest yourself. I can promise you that right now. And so these folks didn't particularly appreciate that. You know, you're not, and not everyone is a child of God. You have to be born into God's family, just like you were born into a biological family. But as a new birth initiates you into God's family, you're now a legitimate, bona fide, certified, registered in the court of heaven, child of God. Now, doesn't that help you out a little bit? You know, I don't know if we really take the time to comprehend the value, the real value of that title, a, a child of God. But we are. But we are. All right, go with me over to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. This is kind of a, like a dominoes thing. You know, one thing builds upon the other. All right, now 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Now that's a fascinating concept. It has a, and it, it, it has a fascinating concept to it. You're joined to the Lord, so you're one spirit. Now, hold on a second. Isn't God a trichotomy? Father, Son, Holy Spirit? He's a trichotomy. How does that thing work? 
Now, you're a trichotomy. Paul says over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, you know, he talks about your body, your soul, and spirit. You have a body, a soul, and a spirit. Now, Paul talked about being dead in trespasses and sins. God said to Adam, in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Did his soul die? No. Did his body die? Well, he lived over, over 900 years. Well, then what died? His spirit died. It was dead in trespasses and sins, just like yours and mine were. So technically speaking, you know, we, you know, preachers talk about being born again and saved and everything else kind of like in the same language, you know, the same vocabulary, which is all right when we're just preaching the gospel to people. But to be theologically correct, when a person trusts Jesus Christ as their Savior and they're born again, the soul is saved and the spirit is born again. You see, it was dead, but now it's made alive. Now at that moment when the spirit is made alive, the Holy Spirit of God moves into you and he takes up a residence in you. All right, now what's the result of that? Well, take your Bible and go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 and verse 16. Romans chapter 8, verse 16. The Spirit itself. Now, your old King James is correct when it says itself, not himself. Because it's not speaking of the personality of the Holy Spirit. It's speaking of the work of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So one of the jobs, one of the functions of the Holy Spirit is to bear witness with your spirit. He's now in you, and he bears witness with that which was dead and makes affirmation of the fact that it's now alive. All right, now, in relationship to that, you're one spirit with him, which is going to lead us into some other things. For example, go over to um, Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. And this is a real mind blower. (laughs) It really is. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6. And hath raised us up together. Now, I want you to notice something there. That's past tense. Hath raised us up together. So it's already happened. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, that's a real mind blower. I mean, I, I can't totally comprehend it or explain it. I mean, I can give you the I can give you the theological, doctrinal concept of it, you know, and, and here it is. It means it's, it's simply as a child of God, there's a part of you, since your spirit is bound up with his spirit, you're one spirit. There's a part of you that's already in heaven. Now, you're probably sitting there saying, well, how can that be? That's why in Ephesians chapter 5, God calls it a mystery. <laughs> Isn't that right? I can tell you that it's so, but to give a thorough explanation to it, you know, I mean, I mean, can you imagine that? There's part of you that's already there. And, I've, and I believe it because it says so. But, but for me to totally understand it, I mean, it's just wild. 
it's almost beyond my ability to fathom it. There's a part of me that's already in heaven. So you're united with the Lord, and there's a part of you that's already in glory. Now, folks, that ought to help your self-esteem. God considers you, by virtue of the blood of Jesus Christ, worthy to be in heaven, even though your old flesh is still here. Isn't that right? Go with me over to Ephesians chapter 1, since we're already in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. Now, here's a word that's been, you know, banted around and, and totally misrepresented, but it's a valuable word. It's a very valuable, valuable word. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Now, obviously, these people that Paul is writing to uh, have never been voted on by the Vatican to be a saint. But Paul is calling them a saint. Now, if you're saved, if you're saved, you're a saint. Now, you may not act like it. You may not talk like it. You may not smell like it. But you are. You're a saint. And you're not dead. Isn't that a good deal? I mean, again, religion. You see... Religion has falsified information concerning what a saint is. And you can find that, you know, periodically throughout Paul's epistles, not just in Ephesians. You're a saint. Now, I don't know about you, but I think that's a pretty good deal. Let's go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. You see, I don't think, I don't think any believer has to think bad of himself in Christ. Now, I know that you know, Paul condemned his flesh. He said that, I know that in me dwelleth no good thing. But as far as Paul's concerned, that's not even you. That's just a dead corpse you're dragging around right now. Romans chapter 6. I mean, read Romans chapter 6. I mean, you're just dragging him around. But from God's perspective, that isn't you. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. Now he which establisheth us with you in Christ hath anointed us is God, who hath also sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. Now there are some fascinating things going on in these verses here. Hath anointed us. Now if you watch a lot of those uh, you know, TV evangelists and those Word of Faith guys, uh, you know, like Kenneth Copeland and those guys, you know, uh, that's one of their favorite words. You know, everything is anointed. This is going to be an anointed meeting. An anointed this, and an anointed that. Well, you know what? I got news for you. If you're saved, you're anointed. Period. End of the story. According to the Word of God. It's not some, you know, uh, special, you know, twinkle dust powder that descends from the north end of heaven on a Baptocostal parachute. You know, you already got it. You're anointed in Christ, but that's not all. Who hath also sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. Now, the Holy Spirit of God has sealed you. Now, when, when in, 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 in days past, in, in antiquity, when letters were sent out, what did they do? They would pour wax on the thing, and then they would put their seal on it, right? 
And if the seal was broken, then obviously the receiver knew that something was amok, you know, something was tampered with. Now the Holy Spirit has sealed you. Go over to Ephesians chapter 1 again. And, uh, you know, this, is, this wasn't even in my notes, so I'm going to have to find it. But uh, Ephesians chapter 1, and uh, where is it? Ephesians chapter 1, uh, verse 13. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. In whom ye also trusted, trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. So not only are you sealed, but the Holy Spirit of God is representative of the earnest that God has put down. So let me put that in terms that everyone has experienced and understands. Now, you're making an offer on a piece of property. This is language that they use every day in real estate to this very day. You're making an offer on some real estate, and the realtor or whoever you're dealing with is going to say, you have to put some earnest money down. Now, that earnest money, whether it's $1,000, 10000 5500 whatever it is, is a demonstration of your sincerity. So in other words, the buyer wants to know that you're not just playing games with them, that you're earnest. All right, now God utilizes the same language long before anyone thought of Remax. Century 21. All right, now, what what he's saying here is, I have purchased you. I have bought you with a price, Peter said. And the price isn't silver and gold. The price is the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, now, he said your body, Romans chapter 8, is waiting for its redemption. So in other words, the Lord hasn't come back yet to claim his real estate. Isn't that what you are? Dirt? Didn't God make Adam out of the dust of the ground? You know, so the preacher stands at the gravesite and says, you know, from dust thou art, and to dust thou shalt return. But you know, one day the Lord Jesus is going to come back and he's going to claim your dirt. And he's going to change that which was corruptible to that which is incorruptible. You say, yeah, that all sounds really good, but, you know, how do I know that? He says, here's my earnest money. Well, what is the earnest money? It's the Holy Spirit. And he's living inside you. And he seals you. And he bears witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. You know, every time you get in that book and read those scriptures, you know what that is? That's just further affirmation. Affirmation, affirmation, confirmation that you are a child of God. So you're anointed, and you're sealed. You're seated with him in heavenly places. And then in Romans chapter 8, go with me over there, Romans chapter 8. Now, I know real Bible preachers, they sometimes get on people, and they, you know, those people, they, they leave church, you know, they leave the church house feeling bad. And you know what? They should once in a while. You should. But you see, what I'm trying to do today is I'm trying to make you feel good. You know, I mean, like, hey, you know, this thing about being in Christ, it's a pretty hot deal. In fact, it's the hottest deal on the planet. You cannot improve on it. You can't beat it. All right, now Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 35. 
Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? That's a pretty good list. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You cannot be separated from his love. I mean, if they put you on a torturous rack, his love is there. If they tie you to a post and they're going to burn you alive, His love is there. If they say they're going to cut your head off, His love is there. Nothing, folks, nothing can separate you from His love. You say, man, that sounds sounds pretty bad if they behead me. What's the worst that'll happen? You'll die and go to heaven. Bad deal, huh? Now, all of this is because what? Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. You know, in in other words, this is one of those kind of lessons where I want you to walk away from it with your head held a little higher, with your chest stuck out a little bit further. You know, hey, I'm a child of God. All right, Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, verse 14. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. All right, you've been redeemed. Now, when you redeem a thing, you buy it back. You know, you go down to the pawn shop and you pawn your watch, right? You're broke, so you pawn your watch. You get a redemption ticket or a slip, right? And it says that if you show up here within the next 90 days or whatever it is, you can buy your object back. You got to pay interest, but that's how the thing works. So to redeem a thing, you buy it back. What the Lord did was buy your soul back. Your soul was in the devil's pawn shop. And the Lord went to the devil and he said, so what's it take? And the devil said, you don't have enough silver and gold. And the Lord said, but I've got one thing that you can't turn down. You can't refuse it. It's my blood. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Through his blood, we are redeemed. You are a redeemed child of God. You have been bought back through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. But that's not all. Go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. So if you've been wallowing around, feeling bad about yourself or something else or whatever, you know, just realize, just realize that as a child of God, there's a lot that you can lay claim to. All right, now in Romans chapter 8, look at verse 15. Romans chapter 8, verse 15. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, 
but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Now, Abba is a Hebrew word that's been translate, transliterated into the English language. And all that means is that it was just brought over as it was. It wasn't translated. It was transliterated. And it has to do with the cry of an adopted child. That's what it's all about. All right, next verse. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. All right, we read that a little bit ago. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. All right, so you've been adopted. You've been adopted into God's family. And that adoption was accomplished at your new birth, when you trusted Jesus Christ, when you were born again, when you were saved. Now, some people, I suppose, you know, have been adopted into circumstances that they weren't particularly proud of, and perhaps even tried to avoid acknowledgement of it in their adulthood. But now, if, if you were an orphan, and you were adopted by someone of great notoriety or celebrity status, then in all probability, you go around with your chest stuck out, right? You know, kind of proud of that. You know, I've said to a couple of wealthy friends of mine over the years, you know, why don't you adopt me? You know, none of them will, though. <laughs> none of them will. Now, folks, you can one-upmanship any celebrity you come up with on this planet by a million degrees because you have been adopted by the God of the universe, by the creator of all that is. And because you're adopted... Because, listen to this, because you're adopted, you are joint heirs with his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. Let that sink in. Do you know how many, do you know in, in, in many cultures around the world, particularly in antiquity, an adopted child could not be renounced or disowned, whereas a biological child could. Don't you find that fascinating? God won't disown you. You know, he might spank you. He might smack you upside the head and say, straighten up. And do you know why he might do that? Because he loves you. That's why. The Lord chasteneth him whom he loveth. Is that not so? If you have children, didn't you ever have to, did you ever have to chasten your, your kids? So you've been adopted into the family of God, and as a result of that, according to the will and testament of Jesus Christ, the last will and testament of Jesus Christ, you're joint heirs with him. So in other words, you're in line for everything that he's in line for. Doesn't that blow your mind a little bit? But that's what the book says. We're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Joint heirs. All right, now, so that means that all the charges against you, you're free from them. Look in Romans chapter 8 and verse 31. Now, folks, if you don't have these verses underlined in your Bible, I would encourage you to underline them. Red mark them, highlight them, circle them, whatever you got to do. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? 
Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Now, in the simplest words possible, the Lord had a long list of accusations against you. The list is so long that you couldn't possibly read them all. But in Christ, but in Christ, you know what he did? He dropped all the charges. Every one of them. They're all gone. You know, some people say, you know, I'm so guilty about some things. Well, if you're saved, if you're saved, why don't you let the Lord Jesus bear it? You know, somebody once said to me, you just don't have, you just don't have any guilt, do you? Well, at that particular moment, I felt like it was a good time to be profoundly theological. I said, no, I left it all at Calvary. So you're free from condemnation. Chapter 8, verse 1. I'm telling you, Romans 8 is a great chapter about this kind of thing. Romans 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit is life in Christ Jesus, hath made me free from the law of sin and death. All right, now some people are going to say, and do say, and because I've read the commentaries, they'll say, yeah, but wait a minute. It says there in verse 1, there is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So it's conditional. If you're walking after the flesh, there is con- condemnation. And then what happens is that they get hung up on that because they don't read the rest of the chapter. Remember something, a text without a context is a pretext. Look in verse 9. Look in verse 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So if you're saved, haven't we already observed that the Spirit of God is in you? So you're not walking in the flesh. The flesh gets its own condemnation, but that doesn't have anything to do with you because God doesn't look at you from the point of view of your flesh. Look at Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. God justified you. He declared you not guilty by virtue of the finished work of Jesus Christ. And so you are now justified. Now, every parent in the world, if they were a halfway decent parent, has the tendency to justify their kids, don't they? Haven't you ever tried to justify their bad behavior? Sure you have. You may try not, but you did. And you know, and, and you've heard all this stuff. Well, you know, they didn't get their nap today. Lord knows how many times I've used that for my own bad behavior. <laughs> or you'll hear, well, you know, they, they've had too much sugar. You know, it's grandma's fault. Well, isn't that what grandma's supposed to do? 
you know, load them up with sugar just before they send them home. That's justifying the kids. Do you know what God does for you if you're one of his kids? He justifies you. He justifies you. Now, the justification is on good merit. The justification is on the merit of his love, but the finished work of Jesus Christ. All right, folks, we're going to take a break here, and uh, it'll be the last break of the afternoon, and we come back, uh, we'll kind of start to wrap this thing up. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast, and we'll be back right after this. Don't go away.
taste the goodness of the Lord, satisfying hunger in my heart. Go to feed on manna from above, strength divine the Spirit shall impart. To feel, to see, oh, to know the presence of the Lord, knowing Christ Christ in full reality. Oh, to hear the cadence of his voice. Speaking peace within my inner man, or to hear the tender chords of love sounding out the guidance of his plan, or to know the presence of the Lord, or to taste, to hear, to feel, to see, or to presence of the Lord, knowing, knowing Christ in full reality. Oh, to feel the comfort of his touch, graciously upholding me in need. Oh, to sense the everlasting arms, Reassuring me to trust his lead. Oh, to see the glory of the Lord shining forth in splendor and in might. Oh, to see the high and lofty one now exalted greatly in our sight. To taste, to hear, to feel, to see, oh, to know the presence of the Lord, knowing Christ, knowing Christ, knowing Christ, in full Amen and amen. Welcome back, folks, to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello, and we are talking today about your self-image, your real self-image. And we're just talking about justification, and we were talking about a number of different things. And, you know, what does it all mean, though? What does it all mean? So now I'm going to try to wrap this up and bring it into some kind of a conclusion. So why don't you go with me over to 1 Corinthians and chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 
And folks, if you are logged into Spreaker and you want to jump on into our chat room, uh, why don't you head on over there before we wrap up the show today and uh, drop us a little note, say hello, any questions or comments you might have, please feel free to send them on over. And you can also do that by sending me an email to info at thesotspodcast.com or by going to our website, thesotspodcast.com and uh, opening up that web form and sending them on over. And uh, I do look forward to getting your feedback. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Um, let's see. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So basically what this means is, you know, first of all, uh, God included us in his business. All right. Now, I like that. Personally, I like that. Because he didn't have to. Right. He could have used angels to proclaim the gospel, but he didn't. What did he do instead? He chose you and I. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. Wow, think about that. So God has actually said to me, look, what I want to do is make you a partner. Go into a partnership. You know, a partner in my firm. Um, you what? <laughs> yeah, I want to make you a partner. We are laborers together. And you know what? That has all kinds of implications and all types of applications. Like this podcast, for example, right? It's an, it's a, it's an evangelistic endeavor. You know, it's a vehicle simply to try to get folks under the sound of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's all it is. So what do we do? We come together. We pray. You know, what we're asking the Lord to do is to do everything that he can do in his part of the partnership. Isn't that right? We're laboring together. He's included me in his business. That's a pretty good deal. And by the way, and this is a whole other sermon, the Lord's businesses ultimately show phenomenal profit. Phenomenal profit. Now, if someone came to you and said, I'd like to make you, and I'd like to include you in my business, and I can show you how to make a thousand percent, you'd at least have to take a look at it, right? I would hope so. I'd be real interested in a thousand percent. Now, the Lord pays much, much better than that, much better. So he's included us in his business. He certainly didn't have to. I'm sure he could have found someone far more qualified. You know, there have been many times, many, many times over the years where I've asked myself this, and I've asked the Lord this too. Lord, why did you call me to preach? I'm sure you could have found somebody else more qualified. And then this verse always comes to mind whenever I bring up that question. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Well, okay, I qualify then. <laughs> I qualify right there. That's me. All right, but he's chosen all of us to participate in his business in one way, shape, or form or another. All right, now Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 18. For through him we have, for through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. So the him, the antecedent of him, of course, is Jesus Christ back in verse 12. All right, so the person of Jesus Christ and what he did for us on Calvary. You know, when the veil was rent in twain, I now have access to God. In the Old Testament, there wasn't any such thing as public access to God. 
That access was limited to just one man on an annual basis, the high priest. And after going through a variety of rituals, blood sacrifices, and so on and so forth, and, and he'd go into the tabernacle, later the temple, and he would do things before the table of showbread and the golden candlestick and the altar of incense. And then he would, and then he would part the veil, and he would go into the Holy of Holies, and he would sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. And uh, that guy had access to the presence of God. One man, once a year. And everybody else had to depend on him to be a correct mediator. And boy, that's an iffy thing, right? Like, does that dude at all those ducks in a row? You know, is, is he lined out like he should be? Because everybody knew that he put his pants on like everybody else. You know, everybody knew that he's made of the same dirt everybody else was. So when Jesus died on the cross, the veil of the temple was rent in twain to demonstrate that there was free, unfettered access directly to God by every child of God. You can go directly to God. You don't need a priest, for there is one God and one mediator between man and God, the man, Christ Jesus. I mean, access is a pretty cool deal. You know, you can go directly to him. Now, I grew up in a Roman Catholic family. I've lived and ministered predominantly in Roman Catholic areas. And you know that old Roman Catholic doctrine. You have, you have, you, you got to have a man mediator. But that's not biblical, is it? No, you don't need a man. The man is the mediator, Jesus Christ. You know, you can confess all your sins to me, and the best I can do is say, you know, tough luck. <laughs> Hope you make it, man. You know, and then maybe I'll write a book. All right. But uh, you have access to God through the Holy Spirit of God. All right. Here's another one. Romans 8. Romans 8. And this is a hard one. This is a hard one. This is a hard verse to understand. But it says it right. And usually through the prism of hindsight, we get better reflection of this than we do looking forward. All right. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. Romans 8, verse 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Not called, the called, the called, that's you. As a child of God, you have God's assurance of the fact that he, in some divine, supernatural way, can take some of the worst things that happen in life and twist them around to his and your advantage. But that's a hard one. That's a tough scripture because you're saying, man, alive, I just don't know. I mean, do you suppose Moses ever questioned that, you know, 40 years in the backside of the wilderness? Do you suppose Joseph ever questioned that seven years in an Egyptian jail? Do you suppose Daniel ever wondered a little bit about that in the lion's den? Do you suppose Esther ever worried about that when she was trying to figure out how to save her people, Israel? Do you suppose Ruth wondered about that thing when her husband died? I mean, people go through some stuff. Bad stuff, hard stuff. But God says that he has the ability to take that which seems so incredibly negative and somehow, some way, turn it into a positive. Now, like I said, usually hindsight reaffirms that more than anything else. All right, now Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. Here's one that you can claim. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 12 in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Not only am I told that I have access to him, 
but I have it in a degree of boldness. I mean, I could just march right in there because he is my father and acknowledge him as a father and expect a fatherly response. There's a degree of boldness. All right, go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, here's something else. So he's included us in his business. I have access to God through the Holy Spirit. I'm assured that all things will work together for good. I may approach God with boldness, but here's one that I like. In Philippians chapter 4, and this is a familiar verse. Verse 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Now all the new Bibles, pretty much without exception, try to do God a favor here and change which to who. That's what they've done. Change which to who. They say, well, it's Christ that does the strengthening, therefore it should be who. But you see, they robbed you of something there. This little phrase, which strengtheneth me, is called a participle phrase. They're not really common, but they pop up now and then. A participle phrase. Now, what that verse is telling us, it's obvious. It's taken for granted that Christ is the one that does the strengthening. But when it says, which strengtheneth me, that participle phrase is indicating that the strength comes in the doing. And that's an important principle for folks to get. Because a lot of folks are under the impression, well, I'm just going to sit out here on my rock and I'll meditate in my white sheet. And, you know, when this epiphany floats down from the banister of glory and then just crawls all over me, then I'll get up and go do whatever it is I'm supposed to do. And God says that that's not the way it works. God says, I'll strengthen you in the doing. All right. So in other words, you have to put some feet to the thing. Isn't that right? And you put some feet to the thing, and God says, I'll strengthen you as you go, as you're doing, which strengtheneth me. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Now, many a missionary over the years have been faced with a Herculean task. You know, and it's usually like, oh man, how do we do this? You know, folks, some of these missionaries... And, and my hat's off to them, uh, because I think they're God's special forces. I, I really do. And when you stop to think about what some of these folks have to do, you know, they go to a foreign country, a foreign culture, where they're totally out of whack, out of sync. Everything about it is new, and they have to learn a language, which is really no small task, trust me. <laughs> you know, I, I, I live in a predominantly Spanish-speaking area, and I struggle I understand some of it, but I struggle with it. It's no small task because you just can't learn to speak it efficiently. You know, these missionaries, they have to, they have to read it. They have to write it. They have to speak in it, preach in it, teach in it. They have to become very adept in this language. And at the same time, they're learning this culture, which may be millions of light years apart from McDonald's and Wendy's and Burger King and Target and Walmart. But one step at a time, they, as they venture with God and he has included them in his business, he provides them with strength. All right, and finally, I got, I've got one last one. One last one. 
Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. Being confident of this very thing. So you can be confident of what you're about to hear. You can be totally confident about it. You don't have to waffle on this. And here it is. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You know, there's another way of saying that. And it's probably not as good as Paul said it, but here it is. God isn't done with you. You're a work in progress, amen? You're a work in progress. Isn't it good to know that God isn't done with you? God didn't just say, okay, junk him or her. But God says, no, I'm still working. I'm still working. I'm still working. You're a work in progress. Now you say, you know, I'm a little disappointed in myself. Well, all right, tell the Lord. Ask for his help. Believe that you can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth you. And say, Lord, I'm going to claim this promise. I'm a work in progress. Now, when you look at your flesh, you don't have much to be proud of, right? I mean, let's be honest. And I'm not talking about the outside appearance. I'm talking about the inside. But when you put all of that under the microscope that you're in Christ, it's a whole other ballgame entirely. You can say, I'm a child of God. I'm joint heirs with Jesus Christ. I'm sealed and anointed. That's not a bad deal. That's not a bad deal at all. All right? Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the preaching, the teaching of your holy word. Father, we thank you for each and every one that is listening to me live and that will be listening later on as the podcast. Father, we thank you. Uh, we pray, Lord, that uh, you would use this message today to, uh, to lift up the saints, to edify them, Lord, to uh, help them refocus their self-image to where and to whom it, it absolutely belongs, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we, we thank you so much for all the love, the mercy, and the grace that you pour out upon us each and every day, undeserving of it as we are, and we commit this day and the rest of this week to you. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, folks, that'll just about do it for the Sword of the Spirit podcast today and our Sermon Sunday broadcast. I hope it was a blessing to you. I look forward to being with you guys uh, Thursday night, Lord willing, for our Thursday night Bible study. And uh, don't forget to head over to our website, thesotspodcast.com. And uh, send us off a message. Let us know whatever's on your heart or mind, any questions, comments, cares, or concerns, and your prayer requests. If you can help us out with a monthly contribution or a one-time, we would appreciate that. Until we see each other again Thursday evening, God bless you, take care, and win the loss no matter the cost. You've been listening to the Sword of the Spirit Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, visit our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com and send us a message. Or email us directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Until next time, God bless you and good day.